Anyway, we can all agree that the blue shell is complete horseshit. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining this week is Justin Davis, Brian Altano, and Sam Claiborne. And we are the well, Omega Cops. What? Uh, what's that? Where'd you pull that out from? That? That's GameScoop, and, and it's an anagram. It's, no way. Yeah, oh, we really? Are, GameScoop is our Omega Cops? That rules. Or the yeah. Camp Goose. Oh, that's probably not a Omega Cops. Really you want to stick with Omega Cops? Yeah, let's go with that All one. All right, I have some more later. Okay. It's going to be a real a Scoop gem. <laughs> it's not real. That's <laughs> <laughs> I love anagrams. Okay. That's so fun. That's right. really good. That's Omega what, Cops is the winner. I Omega mean, Cops is the name of this show in other territories. You can put the exclamation point wherever you want. Yeah, or it's so it can the, be Omega it's, Cops. It's the uh, bootleg version you can get down in Chinatown. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got a great show for you this week. We got to talk about the uh, Assassin's Creed, the latest Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. leak. We're going to talk about the modern gamer, what they look like, smell like, feel like. Ooh, but first, like. not too long ago on this very show, I posed the question. In the wake of the Mass Effect Andromeda debacle, mm-hmm. is this the end of Mass Effect? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And. Uh, if reports are if reports today are to be believed, it is the end at least at least for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kotaku has a story today. Reports uh, saying that the Mass Effect series has been put on hold. Yeah, and uh, we got a statement from EA that did not refute that news. Mm-hmm. Did not write confirm it, but they did say you know. Uh, well, Bioware Montreal yeah. studio behind Andromeda has been put on some other projects and. Lots more good things to come from Bioware in the future. Yeah, when they don't outright contradict something, that yeah. means they're confirming it and trying to spin it. And it's, sure. just, it's a very common response we get. And from they also here. announced that Montreal, uh, which was a support studio for Bioware and Andromeda, like that's the part that I think people miss. Like mm-hmm. Bioware made this game. But like Bioware is completely different teams in like yeah. different countries, like right. Montreal versus Austin. Um, and Montreal, the team that made Andromeda, this was their first game that they led on their own. They'd been a support studio working on the multiplayer yeah. and like other features and functions of previous Mass Effect games. Um, and this was their chance to sort of really make it. And there were rumors that um, they're like fighting between like this new team within yeah. Bioware had taken over a franchise that a different team started, and that there was some friction there. And now they're being moved back onto more of a support role. They're moving back to a support role, yeah. correct? So it's like I mean, critically, the game did pretty well, right? It's, it got. Sevens. It got seven. Seems yeah. like a seven, which is which is okay. <laughs> yeah, it's getting better. With but updates post. Are you, are I, I hope. Yeah. I hope it's getting better. Well, I mean, they're they waiting till it's the final it. version to yeah. play. Yeah. They're slowly yeah. patching. But it. I think the main issue was that sales-wise, I don't think it's going to be nearly as long tail as some of the other games are. And I think that it it sort of happenstance dropped in an era of the Dude. year where it was incredibly crowded. Oh, that game is a seven. Yeah, and you're going up against Zelda yep. and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Persona Five and well, that, Gear. And that was the thing. I was playing all those games, and to pull me away from any of those things or all of those things, I needed something to be like substantially new and wonderful yeah. and great and for this to sort of be like as like as they do with a lot of like sort of series re- soft reboots or whatever this was they had to kind of nail the idea that this should be the the mass effect game that i've been missing or yeah. that i didn't get into last time and you know it was hard to pull me away from zelda and horizon for that yeah. i remember thinking about the spring and thinking man all those games are going to have to get out of the way of mass effect mm-hmm. yep it's it's uh, it's tough. It's not too surprising for me because there's been four Mass Effect games, and half of them have been mired in controversy. Yeah, there's only been two that were like really like yeah. two thumbs up, very well received. One and two, to clarify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, I, Sam, to be fair, like when you were having those conversations, like we hadn't seen more than five minutes of Horizon. Yeah. We thought that Zelda was going to be Skyward Sword two, or yeah, we didn't really know what that's know. you know that that was that game had gotten delayed so many times. Both of those games turned out to be phenomenal, and, and no one played the first Nier. No, <laughs> like yeah, wow, this game is awesome. Which and that game went on to sell a million units, so it's like it's fascinating to me. But I mean, sometimes something comes back for a little bit, and it's okay, and then it goes away. It was like I grew up watching Beavis and Butthead, and they brought that show back, <laughs> and like. It was different, but it was still kind of the same, and I liked it, and then they didn't renew it, and that was the end of Beavis and Butthead. And that's kind of where I feel Mass Effect is right now. Like, they brought it back with a new team, they gave it a shot, it didn't do what it was supposed to do, and now they can... making a Beavis and Butthead game. I would love that. I wish Bioware did it. Mm -hmm. I'd actually rather see Bioware's Beavis and Butthead? I don't expect they made a Sonic game. It did make the a dialogue's Sonic. pretty easy. I, I I don't expect Mass Effect to be gone forever, for even for very yeah. long. Um, I again, I think there's some studio dynamics at play. Uh, you know, Mass Effect or the the Bioware team, 
they've been open about how they're working on a new IP. They're working on a new brand, something new. And so you can't just like like EA knows that they want to keep Mass Effect going, but what are you supposed to do? Like cancel this other project that's been in the works for years? Like they just have to wait and but they don't trust that Montreal team to work on it anymore sure. based off this Kotaku report. Yeah. Um and so I think they just did the calculus of well, we don't want Montreal making another Mass Effect, so they need to wait for, you know, maybe that core Bioware team to free up. Maybe they'll do like an Elder Scrolls thing and alternate between, you know, this brand and Mass Effect or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting too, because if you look at um EA's output over the last year, which has been really strong, um, their sports stuff sells really well. Battlefield one did really well. Mm-hmm. But then you look at something like Titanfall and Mass Effect, and they have to be looking at both of those franchises yeah. being like, these are huge things. They they announced basically that they have long tail plans for Titanfall. But like, what do you do with those? But then Sam's but, just staring at. I'll tell you what you do with them. You sack them, goop. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I, I, there's only one that has space in it. I was going to use space for this. You sack them, goop. Sack them, goop. All right, that's space. what you do. Game cop, so. <laughs> Or you could have, so, Game Cup. So, Game Cup. Good work, Damon. You made up your own anagram. Yeah. That's not easy. I feel like a Mass Effect. I am an anagram generator. I made up over 400 of them. (laughs) We, uh, Mass Effect got sevens, which is not good enough for that franchise. But it's still, it's still good, right? Sure. Like, on the literal word, it's like, it's good. So, I think that's a game that a lot of people, I feel like. We are three months away from people being like Mass Effect. I got Mass Effect Andromeda, and I really liked it. Like you're gonna start seeing, you're gonna start seeing those topics on message boards all over the place. Especially as like the really bad like crab walking animations and stuff get fixed. Like the really easy to make fun of stuff. Like that, it won't fix like the bigger problems with the game. But that whole story around it was fascinating too. And the fact that like fans were jumping in and fixing the animations before the devs could. Like it was just a weird. It was just a weird time, you know, for everything. I mean. Again, I think a lot of that came with the fact that there was such scrutiny on that franchise. I think that like when Fallout Four came out and it had a bunch of wonky shit in it, people were like, "It's fine." Yeah, you know, it's, it's, they kind of got a free pass for it. But uh, with Mass Effect, people had the magnifying lens out for that thing. They yeah. they want they had their 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 blades out ready to cut that thing up. Do you think there'll still be these meaty DLC packs that, that series is famous for? I mean, I forget I what their business model was, yeah, but did they did they? I I like I'm I'm in I'm not in the know on this, but did they sell like a season pass around this? With, I don't know. With promised content, so there's no way to know. I didn't play. I don't know if the story. I don't know there's how the no story. If there's out. room in the story for story DLC, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a game that I'm looking forward to playing at some point. Like it's like going to be like a Christmas break game for me, maybe. <laughs> there's no oh, way really? to know. Is one of my favorite Damonism. So you're actually you. <laughs> I think Justin started saying that. I got to give credit to Justin. Justin you're yeah, actually going to try to get to this game at some point this year. Probably. Interesting. That's cool. I mean, I'm sure it'll be. If it's anything like The Witcher, three years from now, I'll really want to talk about it a lot <laughs> yeah. on Game Scoop. Zcog mop. <laughs> when people are nostalgic for 2017. Now, it's a little sad to see what's happened to uh, this franchise because when I started in this industry 11 years ago and I went to my first E3 for IGN, Mass Effect was one of those great hopes, mm-hmm. the promises of the next generation that was just getting started along with stuff like Bioshock and Assassin's Creed. When Those are like the behind-closed-doors demos we saw at E3 2006 when everyone was like, Oh, oh my God! This next generation is gonna be right. awesome. You also have to it remember. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean it was. Yeah. How many next gen games at the time were sort of like 3D open world ish with action elements and tons of RPG stuff, right? Yeah. Few and far between, or at least a few here and there. Now it's every game has RPG stuff in yeah. it. So it's it's good. you have to like when you want that fix. Like there are so many other opportunities to jump in on that, especially you know coming up between Horizon and Zelda, which had RPG ish elements, you know, mm-hmm. to an extent. All right, moving on. Uh, The Nielsen Organization, the same company you may have heard used to... Provide your TV ratings. What were the most popular TV shows? You were in Nielsen 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 House once. Uh, What? Were you really? You want to be in the actual house or? Yeah, they used to. uh, I mean, now I think Nielsen sends a box to people that actually just captures what you're watching, like an electronic box. But we logged. You wrote down down. what you watched and sent it back to me. Based on the honor system. Wait, oh, really? Honor system. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's we watched insane. PBS all night, and then <laughs> you had you had to write down out. like, were you like actively watching, or did you just like have it on while you were making dinner or whatever? Like anytime the Dude, television. I don't was think on. you could do something like that in the binge watching era, like <laughs> to actually tell someone like, oh, I watched uh, like 13 episodes of a TV show on Netflix yeah. today. It's a completely flawed system. It yeah, was all, I'm sure it was all made up. Yep. Well. They've provided their annual uh, 360 Gamer Report. They do this every year Mm -hmm. where they survey a bunch of gamers. And here's their methodology. They surveyed 2,000 people, Mm -hmm. 13 and over, a split 
50 50 uh, split between male and female in the US. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a general population survey, but they asked people about whether or not they were gamers and whether they played games and whatnot. So that's what we're dealing with here. And some of, this, some of these stats are interesting and some are eyebrow. Some of them I raise an eyebrow at. Yes, I can't. Swim. And this one. And this one. I can't raise one eyebrow. I can raise. I can raise both them both. Eyebrows independently. I do one. I think you yeah. guys are all raising one eyebrow pretty effectively. I'm just. This is just my face. I'm just sitting here, <laughs> frozen. First of all, uh, now Nielsen finds that 64% of the U.S. population, 13 and over, are gamers. Yeah. Nielsen considers, and so I, th- I think they're saying like, they're, if if someone claims to play, uh, you know, mobile games, you're a gamer. You get the title yeah. of gamer. Fair enough. So yeah. some I, of this, I'm, I'm into that. And what's the percentage? Sixty-four percent. Nintendo sixty-four percent. Mm-hmm. Nintendo sixty-four percent. Does that sound high, low, right about just about low. right? Low. You think more? You would have thought more than sixty-four percent of the thirteen and over population in the U.S. plays games. Yes. Well, see, that's what it's. Uh, it's interesting that you know IGN has done studies before where mm-hmm. we survey mm-hmm. gamers, and it's like you ask a question: Are you a gamer? No. Uh, do you you know ever play any video games? And they're like, yeah, you know, I play with my family sometimes, and I play you know five hours a week on my phone on yeah. the bus and stuff. And it's like, dude, you just said you weren't well, a gamer. I, like, like I people don't, don't accurately yeah, self-identify because gamer is a crappy label. Yeah. Like it's a, it's like being called an eater or a movie watcher. <laughs> well, exactly. They're not saying they're not asking people if they think they're gamers. Right. They're classifying them as gamers based, based off their activity. Yeah. So wait, you said you said the numbers low? Well, I think so because like I think the number of people with phones for instance is very high and I can't imagine people with phones now really not Don't never using play them. A game. Well, I think there's like first of all like the barrier for to entry for something like this is a sort of prohibitively expensive to most people like to have a to have a smartphone or a, a phone capable enough to play a video game and also be thirteen like I don't I don't have a thirteen year old kid but if I did I would be like you don't really get a phone yet maybe I'd be like you get something else but I think that like a video game system is expensive a phone's expensive it's not like you know uh, just like something pen and paper or something tangible something you can find something like a book like I'm sure a hundred percent of people have read a book but well, like a crossword puzzle is a yeah. good example like. 13-year-olds love a good crossword puzzle. Everybody loves a good crossword. For 13 and under, I'd say. Yeah. That's <laughs> what the kids are really into. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, getting that new, cracking open spinners. that, crack open that New York Times, do your crosswords mm-hmm. Sunday morning with, with a spinner. nice hot pot of coffee. Nielsen finds that the largest group of gamers, 46%, only play on one device, mm. whether that be a console or their PC or their mobile phone. They only do their gaming on one thing. You know what we call them? They're called fanboys. <laughs> Yeah, those uh, mobile. Uh, no, there's a lot of phone. Did I tell voice. you about the Uber I took? Um, he knew this never happens to me because GameScoop's the only show that I'm on. It happens to you two more often. He knew he was an IGN fan, and so we were just talking. And he just he's just a PlayStation guy, like yeah. he's a pretty casual gamer, you know, Beyond. Call of Duty, sports games, <laughs> and yeah. And he uh, he just a new PlayStation comes out, he buys it and gets PlayStation games, and that's like his video game life. And I think there's like millions of like quiet yeah. like out of the 40 million or however many PlayStation sold that's like half of them they're like not the crazy people that are you know in the comments on message boards really hardcore yeah. they just new play oh i hear there's a new PlayStation i guess i'll buy the new PlayStation yeah no it makes sense i mean they go into the store and there's a section dedicated to the games yeah. they love and they pick them up and if not they just connect their their yeah. console to the internet and they buy games through there. treated them right and they have their yeah. account with them and they have sure. no real reason to switch. I think a lot of people get like locked into one track mm-hmm. and then like Does you need to mean though that they like still have their Atari. Ooh. Does that count? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if anybody <laughs> saw any responded. You're probably the only guy that still has his Atari. Well, like, like, does it count? Like, I mean, everybody bought a PlayStation Two at some point, probably. Yeah. If they still have their PlayStation Two. Do they? You know, is that just their one system? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would assume Maybe. it's that that they they're actively gaming on it. Like, I think they graduate know? to the new one. Was yeah. Well, no, I understand how people yeah. you know, work that way, but I'm wondering like what this statistic Maybe. includes. I also think that there's a significant cost to buying a second console, yeah, and like we, like we're the odd ones for having everything in our living mm-hmm. rooms. Like that's not typical. Typically, you, I never had that growing up. I always had yeah. like one console, and yeah. maybe by the time I got a Genesis, mm-hmm. I was old enough to sort that out on my own. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what I did when I was a kid. I was yeah, like, yeah, I have yeah, a, I got a Super Nintendo for my birthday, but for the Genesis, like I saved up for it. I yeah. ran like I was an idiot kid, but I ran like the most sophisticated like math trying to figure out like split up birthday yep. and Christmas to like strategize like one year. Like I really want a Genesis. So it's like that'll be both my presents, mm-hmm. and then you don't need to give me anything for my birthday. <laughs> we all pulled those shenanigans. Yep. Well, I only had an ES because the Master System was. It's I mean, garbage. Yeah. yeah. But honest. then I got the TurboGrafx-16 before so the crazy. Super Nintendo, Ooh. and I was like, 
So long, Nintendo. I'm moving on to greener pastures. TurboGrafx-16. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, I was like, okay, Super Nintendo. Yeah. So that's what's going <laughs> to yeah. be. But then after, a couple, not too long after that, I also had a Sega Genesis as well. Yeah, so you are all over the place. Uh, but only 16% of gamers play on all three mm. platforms. All, only 16% of uh, server respondents play on console, mobile, and PC. Mm. Huh. Which that seems kind of low to me. Oh, so that's not all three consoles. That's just no. like... So it could You're be... saying like these different console, mobile, and PC. So it could the, be PS4, PC, and... So I wonder what that... If that could... That could also mean like you have an iPhone, you play a couple of games on Facebook here and there, yeah. but then you also have like an Xbox One. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, okay, or it's yes. just like like it's me. Like I play, yeah. I play Switch and PC at home, and then I play phone games. Uh, you know, and I'm trying to goof off and not work here in yep. the office. But here's where Nielsen's 360 Gamer Report 2017 gets a little fishy. All right, well, hinky, a little fishy, hinky. They found that only. 77% of gamers, people that identified as game have identified as gamers have heard of the PlayStation 4. What? They're like, wait. Only four? 77% have heard like, of the PlayStation, PlayStation 4. So that's where I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These, so like, what's the point of calling these people gamers at that point? Wait, so here's the thing. Like, I'm sure everyone has heard the word PlayStation yeah. and understand the number four. So they have to put two and two together to be like, this is clearly the fourth of the PlayStations. Based on this data, 23% of gamers have never heard of the PlayStation 4. Mm. I mean, I come back to... Should listen to more GameScoop. Yeah. The, the 100 million people that downloaded Pokemon Go or whatever. Again, like whenever sure. you're talking about surveys like this, I'm picturing my bus, where it's full of people that are all either playing Candy Crush or still Pokemon Go. Yeah. Those are the two games I see all, all day in, day out to this day, like including this morning. Yeah, they count, man. Like, they're never, playing hours of games a week. But to have never heard of it? That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. I don't, I don't know about that. It's just, I, yeah. Uh, so 77% of gamers have heard of PS4. 72 have heard of Xbox One, so it's not far behind. But Switch and Scorpio, only 29% uh, of survey respondents said they had heard of the Switch. Yeah. And only 14 said, 14% said they'd heard of Project Scorpio. Wow. I mean, that's a that's a actually surprisingly high number for a code name. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so. And I actually think that's good news for Nintendo. It gives them lots of runway, lots of room to grow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to meet the people that have never heard of the PS4. I do too. And I want Who them to teach me something that I've never heard of. <laughs> like, if, the, if there's knowledge that I have that I thought everyone had and I was wrong about that, and there's a whole thing that they know about that they're like, you didn't know about this, then I want to know what that thing is. Ride Justin's bus. It's true. Uh, let me know if coming this, over tonight. Let yeah. me know if this surprised you guys. Sixty-nine percent of console gamers prefer prefer physical software, mm. while seventy-five percent of PC gamers prefer digital. Right. Um, I buy it. Yeah, it's, that's fascinating because I mean, where are they buying these these games then? I, I guess they're getting from from Amazon. Because, I mean, we're seeing physical sales are declining year over year at GameStop. Well, I, I know GameStop's in a tremendous amount of trouble, still. but there's still thousands. Walmart of and Target. Yeah. And there's also and still Walmart and Target, Best yeah. Buy. Yeah, interesting. And but Amazon, yeah. people, all gamers across all platforms who prefer digital spend more time gaming. Even on consoles. Yeah, and you're not switching those discs. Yeah, like they have more time. <laughs> Hundreds of hours a week switching that disc. They have you more lose the disc, you put it in the wrong case. That's a terrible good. life to live. Yeah, I mean, digital implies you have good broadband internet access. Yeah, of course. And so many people don't still. That's yep. the scariest thing of all. And I think digital, PC on digital is like codename for Steam, spiders. in my opinion. And Steam's still a fairly hardcore platform. Codename yeah. Steam? No, not codename Steam. That's a completely different thing. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Steam. If someone's a PC gamer game. and they prefer digital games, they're, I presume that they're probably a Steam gamer, which, yeah. again, they're, they're, it's getting more and more casual every year, but it's still fairly hardcore. Uh, as for factors that influence game purchases, 80% said genre influences them. Makes sense. They buy the games in the genres they like. 74% graphics and 71% said story. Mm. So that's the formula for a winning game. Uh, <laughs> a popular genre with great graphics and a cool story. Easy. That's yeah. all you got to do. What about, what about cool podcasts handsome, with handsome hosts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to have. that graphics still matter that much. What's up? I think it's neat that graphics matter that much. I mean, I've you know, I've always said, I've always said. Actually, this is the first time I've ever said this. Turbo Graphics sixteen. I've been saying. As long as video games are something you look at, yeah, graphics are going to matter to me. Totally, totally. Uh, but you know, that means all sorts of things. Like, uh, it can be pretty. 
Yeah, just pretty like like Breath of, Breath of the Wild doesn't look as technically impressive as Horizon Zero Dawn, but both games are very pretty too. It's got a great art style. We have a feature yeah. on IGN about audio only games. Yeah, mm. um, there's one that's narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh really? Or it's called uh, oh what's it called? I'd like to name drop it. The Night Jar. That's what it's called. Um, and you put on your headphones, and then uh, you're like on a spaceship, and he's like walking you through. He's like, "There's a monster right behind you. You gotta, you got And then you tap to move forward, and you can like tap to turn. The, the conceit is that you're in uh, you're in a spaceship where there's absolutely no light at all. It's completely pitch black. And what, what you platform can, is this? Uh, I got I have it on my phone on okay. iOS. And what's it called? The Night Jar. Oh, and I want to check that out. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty trippy. I don't know how. You use earbuds so it's like really stereo based. Yeah. Mm. Um, And like Benedict Cumberbatch, he wasn't as big as he was now, but he'd already been in like, so I'm like, how did you get this guy to do this? He'd already already been in like Sherlock. Is this a couple years old then? Yeah, it's pretty old. Uh, All right, moving on. Uh, We had an image leak from the next Assassin's Creed game this week, and uh, this is what corroborated by three independent sources from Eurogamer. And uh, the the screenshot that was leaked seems to confirm the Egyptian setting, which was leaked last year. Yeah, lots of leaks for Assassin's Creed. Actually, didn't we have a single pyramid in it? How are we confirming this? Well, because uh, the quest. Uh, up it in the uses, in the corner says you're trying to find this uh, Egyptian it. queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a known Egyptian, like a real life Egyptian queen. It is known. Yeah, it is known. And then doesn't it also say assassinate a crocodile? Yeah, that's like the <laughs> question. Really? Yeah. Assassinate the crocodile. It's and the that, crocodile. Which rhymes, just a oh, crocodile. Which rhymes with Nile. Because as people pointed out, I think we did assassinate a crocodile in Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah. But now it's right. time to take out the crocodile. Dude, four is so good. Well, we get we get the screenshot shows you uh, uh, a boat, so we got boats come back. Mm-hmm. Man, Egypt, I, I don't know. There's no tall buildings in Egypt. <laughs> you got, tall pyramids. That's what everyone. They're like, you're gonna climb that sphinx in that pyramid, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Then what? That's, that's four. Yeah, that's thirty <laughs> seconds of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be that? really tall trees. Yeah, yeah. I maybe mean, they'll make stuff trees. up. To be fair, four, which is <laughs> four, is my second up. favorite Assassin's Creed, and it wasn't. You know, it de-emphasized the climbing as well, so that's fine. Right. Uh, didn't we have a story today that there have been 13 Assassin's Creed games and 12 of them have for everything leaked to right? before Ubisoft could announce them? Yep. Yeah. Mm. Leaked in quotes. Well, conspiracy. Yeah, there. Illuminati confirmed. Well, most of them were like on airplanes too. It's like a guy on an iPad on an airplane, and someone. Oh yeah. It's either someone's yeah, it's over the shoulder or someone's like, "Hey, what's that?" And he's like, "It's the new Assassin's Creed game yeah. coming to consoles Wouldn't that this be fall." Great if they Oops. Did set it up that way, yeah. where they're like, "All right, listen." You're gonna go on the plane yep. and just open this PDF and just just leave and it just there. like hold just it out, see who's looking. Yeah, that's what happened. It was Assassin's Creed Four that yep. that happened to, and it, there were, there were two leaks, and one was a guy just working on a PowerPoint presentation that's like pirate battles, this that, and then it's like, what are you thinking, doing yeah. that on an airplane? And then the other one was a guy struck up a conversation with the guy next to him on either the plane or the bus. He's like, what do you do? I make video games. Oh, I love video games. What are you working on? It's the new Assassin's Creed. Here's what it is. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Maybe he thought he was one of those uh, Nielsen reporters who's <laughs> never heard of the PS4. And, and we don't know how this one looks, it's photo taken. It's an off-screen shot uh, from, the, from a side. It looks to be in like a boardroom. Or a project. I think what people need to remember... No, it's a television. It's what television. people need to remember for these games is they are worked on by like eight different studios globally. Yeah, like a thousand Shanghai. people. Synchronicity, it's at, insane. At what point during that demo was the person with the camera being like, all right, this is what it. are we going to show them? What is it going to be it? Boat, alligator, yeah. check. Yeah. And like if they just had turned around, there's like three giant pyramids and like a skyscraper. Oh, I know. I know. Egyptian skyscraper. skyscraper. <laughs> we got the alligator and the shield sword instead. I'm into it. So I have a few questions for you guys. How, you know, Assassin's Creed took the year off last year, yep. except for the movie. Uh, how are we feeling about Assassin's Creed these days? I mean, the rumors are great about this one. In general. You like, you like what you're hearing? Yeah. Ready uh, to get back into it. Yeah, I didn't like, I mean, nobody liked, uh, what was the France one? Unity? Unity. And so the I didn't like Syndicate was Marty the last liked one. Marty liked it. Reviewed it. Unity? Yeah. Syndicate's the one that was. Oh, Syndicate. Yeah. Unity Syndicate, was London, right, right. right? Yeah, so I didn't like either. And people really like Syndicate, but I, I was just, the formula felt very tired to yes. me by then. I think they did the absolute right thing by taking a year off. But to be fair, like, Whole year. none of what we're seeing so far right here, and it's it's hard to sort of derive a ton from just these, these screenshots, mm-hmm. but none of them really leap out at me as, like, this is a brand new take on the franchise. Like, Breath of the Wild was a brand new take on Zelda. This or, doesn't feel like yeah, that. Yeah, or maybe so like how far. the new God of War yeah. looks like a fresh take on oh, that. Totally, totally. Yeah, totally. That's, it's yeah just, it's a really good example. Like, the, I mean, if it says assassinate an alligator, I'm like, oh, well... 
That's again, it's assassin. the alligator. Yeah, but don't tell me you don't want to do that. Of course, I want to do that. Man. Yeah, no, I spent the weekend in Florida. Kill those things. I just, I've always described the series, and you're gonna have to bleep this as same shit, different hats. Yeah, and uh, I'm hoping they I break with it. that. Uh, well, there's like the colonial hats in the one game. Mm-hmm. There's pirate hats in the next game. Yeah. Uh, little pork pie hats, and I don't need to explain that the same shit, different hats principle. But uh, it really is that that game is not changing very much. But everybody likes open world games, and they, I really like exploration. And man, Egypt sounds awesome. Yeah. So hey, if yeah. it's a big exploration game in Egypt, that could work. Yeah, the setting sounds cool. I hope the new character is interesting. They really need to get as far away as from as possible from the the future present day stuff. Yeah. Like I've been saying yeah, that for a long time. I know most people agree with me. Yeah. There's a couple people who are like, yep. I like. It. And then they made that movie that was like fifty percent present day stuff. Like, oh, yeah. get Gotta away walk from around it. an office like, building. You know what else they need to no. get away from? Where you stab a guy in the neck, and then you grab and you go tempest huge. Yeah, and then you have a long thing, and then you come out of it, and it's like, nah. You got to get away from that thing where nine dudes are chasing you, and you just like go to jump, and then you land on a wall, and they all start climbing up the wall. Like, like there's like one button that does four things. Yeah. I know they've got made made that a little bit better, but. Yeah. So I think Metal Gear Solid Five could influence the series really nicely. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love they, I, Metal Gear Solid Five. Me too. I also think game. just like GTA, just like really embrace your open worldness. I mean, Assassin's Creed has never really taken as much advantage of being an open world game as it should have, in my opinion. No, because they have to make a new one every year, and there's only so much they can do with that, right? There's no I, cars. I, I, I love that idea. And there's no cars. Yeah, there's, there's no, no cars. there's horses. Hey, check this out. E3 kicks off one month from today. Ah. Yeah. Cool. On on that Saturday with EA Play. I'll be there. Uh, Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, So I just wonder if Ubisoft is planning this big reveal of the Nexus Assassin's Creed for uh, its E3 press conference, which is still on Monday, I believe. Yeah, I'm going to get, I'm guessing we're going to get that. We'll get stuff on a new Far Cry game, hopefully. Um, I'm making the prediction right here. I think we're going to hear about their Avatar stuff this year. Mm. Get excited. Mm. Avatar stuff. They have that rumored Nintendo Rabbids game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That'd be at their conference or Nintendo's? Well, I think Ubisoft is leading development on it, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and then steep two, steeper, still steeping. steeper, steeper. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, do you expect this new Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed game will be released this year? Yes. yes. Yeah. It don't take two years off. Yeah. Without no. an Assassin's Creed. I hope I hope they take two years off every every time after this though. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. I think putting one out every year mm-hmm. fatigued us, and you know. Take, take your time. 13 Assassin's Creed games. It's a lot. Does you that include like the 2D ones? No, but it included the PSP. We cheated. We said 12 out of 13 in our headline, but that wasn't quite accurate because there was a bunch of weird spin-off-y ones. Business, but, yeah, yeah, yeah little, there were the DS ones. Yeah. The, the card games too? on iOS. It was. The card game on iOS was pretty cool. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, moving on. Last week we... Uh, Concluded our top 100 RPGs of all time. Yeah. Everyone was so happy with it. I didn't get any complaints. Not a single complaint this time. Media. Perfect list, they called it. Yep. NeoGAF <laughs> loved it. Just cement it. Just I liked the list a lot. Flawless. I didn't know a lot of those games on it, which made me like it more. Mm. We calculate how many hours it would take to beat all 100 of those Ooh, games. That would oh. be a good thousand statistic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how old is Steve Butts? I mean, thousands. it would take the, that long. The Witcher 3 is 100, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are actually a bunch in the top ten that I've never played. I hate to say. Uh, of course, Chrono Trigger was number one. Uh, played that. Played Final Fantasy VI, but I've never played any Baldur's Gate. Oh, neither. Are there so only two? There's Baldur's Gate one and two. Yeah, I've uh, never played either of them. Two things. There, they, uh, there's like remastered, remade editions. Not remastered, but uh, just updated and modernized. They're just old, right? So yeah. they did a bunch of quality of life improvements to the menus and stuff in the enhanced editions that are on PC. Mm. But those enhanced editions are on mobile. And they play well on mobile? I played one on mobile and it was mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, it's not too much. It's no trouble to play it on PC. Yeah. And they're they turn based RPGs? No, they're real time combat with pause. So they use the actual like Dungeons and Dragons combat system. So I, I don't know how to explain it. Was well, like it like words. Divinity where you run around in real time, but when you get battle, battles turn based? No, the battles happen in real time, but you can pause whenever you want and like set up ah. action. So it's like you have a party of six. So. Uh, you it's can like just Dragon let, Age. yeah, you can exactly. Well, Dragon Age is a spiritual successor, and it's Bioware. It's the same uh, same team. Um, Dragon Age is absolutely deliberately trying to bring Baldur's Gate into the modern age. At least Dragon Age one. Um, and so the way that I play the game, and you can also set up like pause conditions anytime my character gets hit, pause it. So it can mm. kind of feel like a turn based game if you want. But I like to pause, tell all my characters what to do, unpause, and then they start like moving. And as things start to change and happen, I pause it again. Hold up. Yep. 
I know I told you to attack that guy, but no, uh, I want you to heal him. Baldur's Gate 2 in What's particular. What's the world? It's just D&D? Yeah, I mean, it's the world of Baldur's Gate, you know. Like, that's the city, and then the world is... Uh, uh, I mean, it's like it's like a fantasy game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Baldur's Gate Two, in particular, uh, has probably one of the best like just fictional cities in any video game ever. Almost the whole game takes place in this massive, sprawling city, and it's probably two hundred hours of content. And it's got one of those. It's like it's that special feeling game where it's like there's someone standing on a corner and like I have a quest for you, and then it turns into some like eight hour ordeal where there's like vampires and betrayals, and wow. like you can totally like walk by it and just never experience yeah. any of that. Like it's such a special game. So it wasn't your fault, but none of that sounds interesting to me. <laughs> like I would never play that game. Oh man, it's, it's not. It, you know, I think your description was good. Good job. It's just not my type of game. I mean, I like the pre rendered isometric art. Yeah, I, I like that. I too. like. I like the. Uh, I mean, it's it's hardcore like D and D. So they were kind of they didn't have a lot of flexibility and freedom in how to structure their combat. They were using D and D's combat system, but that does mean you have complete freedom, like your character class. Like you can have like a thief mage or like whatever you want. Like I, I don't know. Game was great. Continuing counting down the top ten backwards. There's Pokemon Yellow, and then there's World of Warcraft, another game I've never played. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never played Planescape Torment. It's the same deal. I mean, it's the same engine, same as Baldur's Gate. Yeah, it uses it's another Infinity Engine game. So Planescape Torment is notable for it probably has the best story in a video game ever. Not I, I will remove the probably. It's got the best video game story ever ever written. So ever did told. you play Pokemon Yellow? Oh yeah, back in the day. Were you hauling Pikachu around behind you the whole game? I I don't. I was in I was in college. Like Yellow is a weird game. It's like a weird spinoff of you know. Red. I had a I think I had a yellow Game Boy Color too. We got we got some flack for having it be yellow instead of red or blue. I know they're not completely interchangeable. We kind of think about them as being mostly interchangeable, and yellow is just you know a slightly improved version of red or blue in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Um, Planescape Torment is another game where, uh, like I talked about, how Baldur's Gate will have you'll talk to a random person you can totally blow past and it'll open up a whole quest. Planescape does that, but with conversation. Like in the tutorial dungeon, you can have these long, like spidering conversations with these NPCs that you find that raise interesting philosophical questions and really make you think about things and like the nature of the world. And your character is uh, immortal; he can't die, and that's a game mechanic, but it's also part of the story. And it really delves into what that means and what that's like. And like every single like you pick up a ring in the game and it has like a paragraph of flavor text about the ring that's actually really interesting and fascinating like the sheer volume of text that's worth reading like i know it might sound boring but like yeah it sounds you, boring <laughs> but like when you're in it and experiencing it like it's really high quality like it's not sure. crappy writing it's great writing yeah. and um well, that's what i feel like mass effect was at one point yeah. mm-hmm. it's the universe and reading about the universe is like really cool to me you have a like just stuff that would have been played for laughs or whatever in other games. Like one of your companion members is a floating talking skull. And like he is like a comedy relief character, but then he's also like, yo, it sucks being a floating talking skull sometimes. So it's like you get into that too. Like, oh man, Planescape. Mm. Well, rounding out the back half of the top 10 was Secret of Mana, Diablo 2, Vagrant Story, which again, I've never played. Mm-hmm. Me neither. And Witcher 3. Yeah. Which I played some of, not enough though. Secret of Mana is really interesting. It's a great mm-hmm. game. I love that game. It's the, on the action side of <clears throat> RPGs from that era. Yeah. Speaking of Secret of Mana, let's check in with the listeners. Hey. Hi, listeners. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at ign.com, just like Joe from Queens did. Cool. And you know, when you were a kid growing up in Kansas, the suburbs of Kansas in the 80s, your entire frame of reference for Queens, New York City, is coming to America. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's, yeah. Everything comes from that. The anagram movie. for Joe from Queens is Joe's from Queen. Yep. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, got it. <laughs> you know who also is from Queens is uh, the Ramones. Yeah. Mm. It's true. Uh, Joe says, I've read that... I've read that Square Enix is releasing a bundle of RPGs for the Nintendo Switch, including the Secret of Mana and a never-released in North America sequel. Being a young kid when those games came out and Secret of Mana being so high on your recent best RPG list, I would really love to play those games. Any chance this bundle gets released in the U.S.? And what are your thoughts on these games? Is that true? That's the first I've heard of this. Well, it is a, a bundle. It's a bundle games. announced for Japan. For Switch. Okay. Of, all, of, all, of the entire like Mana series. Whatever and it's, it's coming to Switch? Yes, in Japan. So Not announced for the U.S. <laughs> 
It's no, fine. because no, because playing playing Japanese games on your Switch is incredibly easy to do. Yeah, super. You, easy. I don't know about Japanese RPGs that are all in Japanese. Yeah, so so you played Disgaea, right? Yeah, yeah. So the entire collection's been up on the Japanese uh, eShop for a while, and it's fully translated in English. So oh, if wow. you wanted that today, you could get it today. So the way to do that is you create a Japanese account. Super easy. You just yeah. you, just, you just make an a, an alternate My Nintendo account with a, a throwaway email address, um, and you choose your location as Japanese. Or Japan, and you go in there and you buy uh, eShop credit off of something like, you know, Amazon, Amazon or something like that. Yeah, so you drop it in there. That's how you're saying they're easy to download and play that way. Dame is just saying it might be hard to play because it's in Japanese. Yeah. So if you, I mean, so a lot but of the apparently this guy has already been yeah, translated. So a lot of the games have because they're old games, they already have English language options. This one so doesn't. are you sure? Famously doesn't. Yeah. Seiken Densetsu Three is a fantastic Super Famicom game that that has a fan translation. Got it. I've played that. Okay, so what you need to do is download the Rosetta Stone, yeah. <laughs> learn Japanese in its entirety. So, Super easy. I'm not sure if it's a loophole on Nintendo's fault that they just didn't think about or didn't catch, or if they're deliberately making it easy to let people, you know, download games in the Japanese store, you know, France store, wherever you I want. I think they're yeah. just kind of being good guy Nintendo for something. Maybe for once. Yeah, for that once. collection's really amazing because there's a Game Boy game that, that kicked it off. It was the well, that's. Was that one of the Final Fantasy Adventures, or is that not? It's, what they call so it? It's not. There's Final Fantasy Legends okay. one through three, but I believe that one's based on Final Fantasy Adventure. Mm. And again, like I didn't do research ahead of this, but I I love Secret of Mana. And I've right. read about this a million times and heard about it a lot. But uh, but the, but that one on Super Nintendo is like a lost, fully full featured JRPG from Square, you know, from that time period. Yeah, that rules. And it looks. As beautiful as the most beautiful parts of uh, Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger, where there's like these like you know lush forests and like crazy giant bosses, and uh, you know it, it's just incredible. Like it's incredible we never got that here. It's a 16-bit masterpiece. That's so cool. It's exciting to me because I know someday everybody's gonna have access to that game and mm-hmm. play it because it's just Switch is really good for stuff like that too. Like I um. Yeah. I got a copy of I Am Setsuna, mm-hmm. which is like a kind of like mid-tier RPG. It never really like elevates above what it sets out to do. But playing an RPG on Switch is awesome because you can just kind of grind and then just hit a button, then go do something else and come back. Like it's oh. really good for pick up and play stuff. Yeah. Chrono Trigger's best version is always on DS. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, I'd love that mm-hmm. game on Switch. Yeah. Do you know if that collection includes like because that franchise sort of continued on through like the PS1 mm-hmm. era? There's a PS2 like, game. Yeah. Legend of Mana was the one that I played, where that the gorgeous like painterly art style. I think right. that's Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I know it's focused on that series, but I guess I don't know. Yeah, if it includes the later games too. <laughs> this is Ryan from New York, and he says, "Hey, Damon, Justin, Sam, and other human." Hey, what's up? Huge fan of the show. It's my favorite podcast each week. Not sure if you like being called a podcast. Sure, that's not offensive in I'm, the slightest. How <laughs> like being called, dare you? We like being called as Cog poem. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Ryan says, I choose to opt for the audio version because I travel a lot. Thanks for the happiness that you guys bring me. As a kid, I have fond memories of playing licensed games. The few that come to mind are the Simpsons Hit and Run, the 007 games, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom, The Lord of the Rings Return of the King, and The Incredibles. That's oh. a weird list. Yeah, well, that's because I'm picturing a very different set of licensed games. Yeah, <laughs> and then, of course, yeah, yeah. the many Star Wars games. Today, licensed games seem to be an afterthought, and I don't quite understand why. And when we do see them, they're often not very good. What gives? Why don't we see much of them anymore? Were those games actually bad and my child brain was too easily amused? Or has the quality of licensed games severely diminished with these newer generations? Please discuss. The answer is mobile. Mobile gets every every sort of license tie-in to anything these days. It's incredibly rare to get like a full-fledged AAA tie-in to a movie. One, because uh, the cost of making that game is so expensive and the time it takes to make that game is so you know prohibitively long. And two, because it's like, what's what's the benefit of that when you can just have a free-to-play game on mobile and make a bunch of money? Like, we don't have a Star Wars Force Awakens game. We got Lego Star Wars, which, like, was the closest we got, right? But there are a bunch of, like, Star Wars apps on your phone that are mostly free-to-play. They're made by EA, and you can dump a dollar or a thousand dollars into them if you want to. Yeah, and some Avatar games. Yeah. I mean, licensed games, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, but just they're, they're meant for, like, more casual fans. Like, oh, I'm a big fan of Iron Man. I want to continue interacting with Iron Man, so I'll buy this Iron Man video game. Like, the thinking's usually not too much more sophisticated than that. So mm-hmm. so that's why mobile makes total sense, is, like, I'm going to type Iron Man into my phone and just see what pops up yeah. versus paying 50 or $60 for, you know, a console game. Um, I have a little bit more 
negative view uh, of them than that. They're, the reason is because uh, license there's always there have always been bad license games, and that's because the whole step one of that process is let's capitalize on this popular IP. Right. It's, step one isn't let's make a great video game. Well, and no. and yeah, and, totally. and here's your development schedule. It's very short. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's, if you look that's at ET's yeah. story, you yeah. look look at one of the and he mentioned it right. One of the greatest license games of all time is Goldeneye, and that yeah. game came out. Two years after that movie did, yeah. and they were like, they didn't say let's tie, let's cash in on this. They said let's make a really good game, and it got delayed like crazy. So I mean, we could get them. Like I thought it was nuts that we didn't get a single video game based on like The Dark Knight. But there is well, one on your iPhone, right? I think there was. There's guy. also the the there Arkham one series. The Batman Begins game. Batman Begins. Yeah. There was a Batman Begins. So game, that's what yeah. like Batman Begins, and I think the first Iron Man. They did get crappy yeah. console games, and like the reason those kind of like those games got such a bad rap because they were terrible. Mm-hmm. And now it's funny that you're seeing them come back a little bit. Like you're seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, and you're seeing uh, um, you're seeing Marvel get really serious yep. about video games by sort of smart, you know, strategic partnerships. And I think companies are just finally like it was a simple time back then and companies have finally tried to be a little bit more thoughtful about matching up the right brands with the right, right developers and the right type of game like the Mr. Robot license game being made by the uh by the uh, what's that game Marty loved so much the uh, adventure game Oxenfree yeah yeah made by that Oxenfree group where it's like that's really smart and yep. then you hear it and you're like oh that totally makes sense well like, we've also got this this thing happening now where games are services more right and you look at something like Marvel Heroes mm-hmm. which gets tie-ins when new movies come out and that's their sort of way to being like we've got licensed stuff from Fantastic Four uh, Battlefront right huge game that covered the original trilogy but they're like here's a level based on Jakku uh, the new game has some stuff from Episode Seven. Hopefully, we'll have stuff from episode eight, but it's not a straight up episode eight game. Like it's them telling their own story and then folding in some from some stuff from that universe. Yeah. No, I think the quality of licensed games has de- has improved greatly over yeah. the years. Uh, they've gotten smart about. It. They've actually like they've figured out how to capitalize on the popularity of the license and also make a really good game. Mm-hmm. Like all the Arkham games, uh, Kotor, you know, was like the, one of the first. Yeah. Well, at least one of the first great Star Wars games that I played. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hawk. Was a great license game in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, we're getting a new Spider-Man game, right? But it probably will have no connection to the movie outside of like some some little details here and there. Like it's not going to be based on the new the new Marvel. That's a difference. It's like borrowing the license, like the beloved thing that someone loves to put their own spin. Like, you know, the Batman telltale game is not retelling the story of the games. Yeah. That that just doesn't make sense in almost any context. It's a whole new bat and it's not telling the story of any of the movies or it's just a new Batman story, which is cool. A decade before this year's Logan, we got an R-rated Wolverine game. Yeah, that was it was it got a little. It was like a seven, uh, but it was cool. It was like the first time that I saw Wolverine be as act as violently as he should from the comics. Right, and you know, like to be fair, it was like a Hulk game at that time too. Yeah. Right? Like we're yeah, well, I think destruction yeah. was good. Like, That's what it was. Ultimately. And we're describing like why the why this is the way this is now. But I mean, in many ways, like I kind of do miss it. Like I walk out of a movie and I'm like, I want to go home and play that, and I can't um, for the most part. So it, it kind of sucks. Like I miss I miss some licensed games. You know, like there are some really good ones. Spider Man was really good. Yeah, totally, totally. Oh man, but remember on the NES. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, oh, Beetlejuice, TNC yep. Surf Designs, Predator, okay. Rambo, Total Recall, Gremlins, Gilligan's Island, Yonoi, wow. Cool World, and the list goes on and on. They're all cool world. terrible. Yeah, that's right. Movie. Yeah, there was a Cool oh, World Brad game. Pitt movie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, there's a young Brad Pitt in that movie yeah. for sure. Uh, time for your NES fun fact. Oh. I, don't, I don't know if Justin uh, saw the answer already. Fun, fun, fun. Castlevania 3. Who do you play as in Castlevania 3? Uh, Trevor Belmont. Yep. Except wow. in Japan. What's his name in Japan? Yonoid. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. Ralph Belmont. Nope. Ralph Belmondo. Oh. What? Ralph Belmondo. In the Japanese version of Castlevania Three, you play as Ralph Belmondo. So in the Man. end of Castlevania One, just here, it's it credits Simon Belmondo. Yeah. Which they didn't even. <laughs> it also credits the music to James Banana. <laughs> what? That's real. Yeah, that's all. The people are fake, and Bo- Boris Karl office is. Well, in that's the- what half what? the half the well, are, fake. are all the credits pun names. Yeah, they're all just nonsense. They're well, not but even puns. Half of them are puns off the off of horror famous horror franchises. Oh, Bor- Boris Karl offices. Yeah, I don't know what James Banana is. That one, that one doesn't make as much sense. Watch the ending of Castlevania on YouTube. It's so funny. Yeah, Simon Belmondo. And then find uh, Ralph Belmondo in the Japanese version of Castlevania 3. We got Grant Dynasty was the dagger guy in that game. 
And Sifa is the, the other wizard. It's pretty good. Alucard, which is Dracula backwards, which is an anagram. <laughs> it's time to share what we've been playing. Who would like to share first? We have two weeks to cover, though. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a long segment. All right. I'll order pizza. Yes. Ooh. It's pizza time. Yeah, oh, pizza party. So I, I mentioned uh, this morning that last night we watched Howard the Duck. Yeah. Uh, my wife was inspired to watch Howard the Duck for the first time since her childhood because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Wait, what, really? Yeah. Oh, my so God, that's awesome. It's the opposite of inspired from watching Howard the Duck. <laughs> and so Howard comes from a bizarro planet where, uh, you know, the ducks evolved into humanoid creatures, yep. right? Mammalian ducks. But other than that, their society is much like ours. They still live in cities with skyscrapers and they drive cars they and they porn. wear clothes. They do. They have pornography. And they know about an animals from our planet like gorillas and monkeys, dogs, right? Mm. So very I'm similar until while Howard is on our planet, someone says they ordered a pizza and he says, what's a pizza? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So on their planet, they have everything we have except pizza. Except for pizza, Does which he makes like no pizza? sense. He scoffs at it because he's focused on trying to get back home. He's a, Maybe he, he just have eats worms either. and ponds. I think Probably. you should. I think you should write somebody. George Lucas. I hope, I hope yeah. someone gets fired for that it blunder. Says, <laughs> George Lucas presents in Dude, big letters. Right. I rented that movie. movie way more times than I should have when I was a kid. Oh, Do you know that like a other uh, he has sex with a human woman in that movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, don't. What? They don't outright have sex, but they are like they flirt with it's having pretty sex. heavily they, they implied. They get pretty yeah. physical. There are duck boobs in yep. the beginning of that movie. She, he Ooh. has he has a <laughs> he has a con a duck condom in his in his wallet. Yep. Man, that movie is so weird. And my grandpa, my poor grandpa, took me to see that movie in theaters. Oh, really, grandpa? Wherever you are, I'm sorry it's you had to sit Sonic through the Howard the Duck. Wow. Anyway, what have wow. we been playing? Uh, Mario Kart. Tons and tons and tons yeah, of Mario Kart. Mario I've been traveling Kart. a lot, flying uh, to the East Coast and back. I flew to, I flew cross country four times in like five days, and I got to play a ton of Mario Kart by myself. And then I got to, I was doing a shoot in Orlando, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, with Max Scoville and Mega Ran, the rapper. And one night we were like, we don't know what to do in Florida. Let's get a bottle of booze, go in a hotel room, and just play Mario Kart like crazy. And we had this like brilliant moment where where Mega Ran was like, I have my dock, I can plug into the TV. Can we play wireless with each other? And we were like, I think. Yeah, how does any it was like, work? you can. Yeah. Like, why couldn't you? So we each had our own screen and we just played three and a half hours of Grand Prix and battle mode. And it's just so much fun. And I was like one of the people that was like, why would I ever play this game again? And, you know, here I am now 25 something hours in and loving it. Me too. I'm playing a tremendous amount of Mario Kart. Fuck the blue shell. <laughs> it's I mean, gotta go. Here. That wasn't just added in Mario Kart 8. Yeah. No, but man, like I, I guess I didn't play that much. Seven was on the 3DS, and I might have skipped that one. Like I know. So here's the deal. I know everybody hates the blue shell to the point that it's become like a meme. Like you hate the blue shell, but we gotta talk about that blue shell. Yeah. It's gotta go. You know what I love about that blue shell? Nothing. Is when you're in first place. You slow down just a little bit. Oh, that the second place is coming yeah, up behind you. You get hit with that blue shell, and second place gets rocked, and you're both screwed, and then you both take off. I love it. But it's then sometimes the blue shell hits everybody on the way up. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. Sometimes you slam on the brakes and yeah. then uh, still get hit with the blue shell. And, and the person just player two just zooms <laughs> by you. No, I mean I did two. I'm, I, I did all of 50 cc, all of 100 cc, and I'm working my way through 150. And like I don't have a tremendous amount of time to play video games in my life right now. Um, I'm a father, as you probably does this switch help with that? Yeah, it yeah. does. Um, but so I. I I did two Grand Prix and I was in first place, first place, first place. I got to get three stars. Otherwise, what's the point? What are we right. even doing here if I'm not getting I'm totally three stars? with you? So and I made it to the final lap of the final track and got hit by a blue shell and came in second, two stars. So then I'm angry, but <laughs> I, I do it again and it happens again. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't fun. Gotta, it's not good game design. Yeah, redo it's, the whole cup. Yeah. Let me explain to you the problem with the blue shell. You can't like you can't do anything. Yes, you can. Coming. You can slam on the brakes. No. There's a counter. No. If you get the if you get the red horn thing, Ooh, yeah. you, you can, can cancel right the right blue time. shell. That's yeah, something that, they added in counter. this game. I didn't realize that. You can defeat the blue shell with the red horn. That's so right. get that yeah, fucking horn. And let that blue shell know what's up. But the big problem I have with the blue shell is if you're in last place, like the lightning bolt feels really good, the bullet feels really good, the star feels really good, but the blue shell doesn't help you. It's just like an F, it's just firing off an FU to yeah. someone that. Some people save it until they're like in third place and then fire it off. Yeah, but then yeah. that ghost comes and takes it and all sorts of hijinks. Yeah, I, it's scary. It's scary yeah. to hold on to it because of the ghost. That's the biggest <laughs> sin that I have against it is that when you're in last place, it doesn't feel even really good to use. So it's just everybody. He's angry. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, speaking of not being fun, 
I've gotten back into Darkest Dungeon, oh. which is very fun. The end of that game, though. Uh, and the reason I got back into it is because the PS4 version was just updated with the new Radiant mode, mm. which is a little bit like faster, speedier mode that uh, makes it a lot quicker to get to the final Darkest Dungeon. And that game is super fun. I'm enjoying playing it. However, it has made me realize that there is a long-running video game mechanic that has existed since the beginning of turn-based combat, and I think it's time for it to go because it is also not fun, and that's missing. Oh. When you oh, miss, yeah. so dumb. When you miss the enemies, it just, and I feel like it happens a lot in Darkest Dungeon. And it's like, why is this? This keeps happening, and this doesn't make me feel good. It's not that. fun. It's yeah. like, is there why, a stat why associated is missing? With it I mean, yeah, but like, why is missing still in video games? Take missing out. However, yeah. I think the enemies should still be able to miss me. Well, there was <laughs> there was a role playing game I was playing recently where like I missed, and then the enemy missed, yeah. and then I missed. I'm like, what are we even doing here? What's the <laughs> Like it's fine in like a like an action game. I, that makes sense. But in turn-based combat, yeah, it's just no. I, right. I, I, I should clarify that I am with you. I'm completely adoring Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I'm um, 48 courses. You know, infinite. It just feels like the jazz soundtrack is so good. That uh, band has to be getting laid constantly. <laughs> yeah, that so, band is a real just, band. Yeah, that's a real that's a real human live band. Yeah, they got a whole like they just had like a composer there. No, it's like a jazz orchestra, and they're just having tons of sex. So it is. The game's incredible. So Blue Shell Rant aside, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe completely worth it. A fantastic and the best Mario Kart, you know, straight up. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm so. This is that Donkey Kong course from uh, Double Dash. That one flaw, that fatal flaw. Maybe they'll have DLC. And they're missing Block Fort for Battle Mode, which is, I mean, come on, guys, why did you even bother? (laughs) Uh, Throw it back in the garbage. Like Block Fart. That's Sam, what I used to not, say. It's not an anagram. Sam, are you I, still playing? Oh, no, you're playing, playing something new. I have been playing Mario Kart as well, yeah. but not the Mario Kart you guys have been playing. I played the new arcade Mario Kart. Oh. Uh, I went to Portland, went to Quarter World, Great Arcade, and uh, played a lot of this great new Mario Kart. It takes a picture. It's called GP something, something, something. Yeah. Namco made it. It has the Tyco Drum Master guy in it. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I played play that. Really cool. Here's what's great about it. No blue shell. Okay. Right, mm-hmm. item management is uh, basically you, if you hit the blocks, you get to fire off an item. You also have some blasts. Other than that, no power sliding. Just stay on the course. Hit yep. the strips. It looks beautiful. Mm. And like if there's a little kid playing it, you just sit down next to them and just beat them, and then they have to leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yep. That's that the etiquette. Welcome to the arcade. <laughs> uh, great, great, cool game. So while my mustache I, man wouldn't let me play the Gecko <laughs> Karting game anymore. I took a picture of myself as Rosalina. And it just looked exactly like my hair. Yep. Um, so I uh, went to uh, some used, uh, a lot of used game store stuff up there, and I brought back a rare game that I've been playing a lot of, which is uh, Kirby's Super, Kirby Superstar. Oh, cool. Super Deluxe in Japan. It's the Super Deluxe in Japan. That's a cute name. Uh, I've always heard that that's the Kirby game. Now, for me, I like a different Kirby game. It's called uh, Kirby's Dream Course, which is a mini golf game. I don't like a lot of other Kirby games. It's not my series. But this game I always heard is the best. And the reason it is, it's like eight games in one. Pretty interesting. Uh, but the, all the games are like giant Kirby games. There's just a few mini games. And one of them is like an exploration-based like Metroidvania type thing. You have to explore this huge area for treasures. And the treasures have stuff from Metroid and Earthbound mm. and stuff in it. It's really oh, cool. Wow, that rules. Yeah, it's like a good, well-thought-out game. And it's made by Sakurai and team right before Smash Brothers. And you bought this on like a physical cart? Yeah, I just got the cart. And you're playing on an actual Super Nintendo? I got a good deal on it. Thanks, The, the Smash Brothers... Yeah, it's, it's right on my TV at, oh, cool. in the office. You were remarking, and you know, I, I've known this is true because I played... Uh, it's What's it called? Superstar? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Kirby Superstar. Is that what you're... Yeah. Um, it came like, out, by the way, in 1996. That's right before Smash. Which is like... And Sakurai insane. will go on to make Smash. So if you um, if you play... Like, everybody played Smash Brothers, but not very many people played this Kirby. And going back, you see, like, I recognize this and this... Yep. And and this and this, like yeah, all the all, stuff that they would lift like and take over into Smash. That's how I felt with the um, menus. Feel yeah. like Smash. The menus Kirby. and then like all that references to Nintendo. Did you guys play Kirby Air Ride? Like it's not. Oh, yeah. a, it's it's the kind of fun. It's, it's yeah. It sort of plays itself. But like the menus and the unlocks in that game are completely Smash Brothers Melee. And like it, you know, it, they're around the same time. And you look at it and you're like, oh, I see how all this influenced each other. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting game. Yeah. And the uh, opening splash screen is amazing and looks like a Nintendo 64. So they tried game. to make it look as much as they could like a Nintendo 64 because Nintendo 64 was out. Right. It was just out. Uh, and then I know you played a little bit of Prey, and I've been playing Prey, and I'm, I'm, I just think it's dull. It's a cool uh, setting in the beginning, and then it just it, it hasn't really hooked me. I'll try to mm. keep playing. The, the story is very, very intriguing, um, I'm, I, it's, but I'm not enjoying the gameplay. 
right? Yeah. No, I'm probably not going to go back to it. To be fair, I only played, like, I didn't even get to two-thirds of the weapons because I only played, like, two hours. I'm like, huh, I just wasn't feeling it. Life's too yeah, short. Yeah, apparently once you get a couple more of these, like, psi powers or yeah. whatever in it, it's supposed to be interesting, but... Mm-hmm. It I definitely didn't, give it. didn't grab me. It's no Bioshock for me. I just like the setting of Bioshock more than the setting of Prey. Sure. Period. So I didn't give it much of a fair shot, to be fair. But the couple hours I did play, I, I was a little bored. Yeah. I do want to check it out. And finally, it is time to play a video game 20 questions. I thought we already played. And our suggestion this week comes from Chad Lankford. Where's he from? You didn't say? So sorry. So sorry, you're gonna have to play without that information. All right. We don't know how old he is. Or let the questioning begin. Is it Camp Goose? (laughs) (laughs) No. Um. You you start, Justin. You're good at this. (laughs) No, I'm really not. Yes, you are. Uh. Does your character speak? Yes. Ooh, it's not Chrono Trigger. (laughs) Huh. Good morning, Chrono. I mean, doesn't your character speak in Zelda? No. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't count. Ah, That doesn't count. Those are words. Doesn't count. Yeah, I think so. Hia is a word. You get to choose responses. Underrated yeah. part of Breath of the Wild, by the way, is that when you're on a horse, the go faster button, it's labeled as Hia in the like on, like the on screen prompt. I love that. What a now great we're game. all in trouble for talking about Zelda. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Are we not allowed to do that anymore? Yes, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Oh. <laughs> all right, so your character speaks. Um, can you see your hands in this game? Yes. So it's 18 questions, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, was this made before 2000? Before January 1st, 2000. Yeah. Still January 2nd. Oh, I'm sorry. No. January 2nd. The answer is no. Okay. It's, it's a, a modern-ish game. Uh, was it before January 1st, uh, January 2nd, 2010? <laughs> yes. Before? Before. before. Okay. So in that 10-year window... Which is odd. There were not many games where you had hands and could speak in those in those days. Yeah, it work, be able to That's a really right good now. point. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mario Kart. <laughs> um, Do you want to maybe ask about feet or like other sounds? Oh, that- I think we. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, you guys can ask whatever you want. I'm not going to influence your questions. Ryan's up. Oh, it's me. It's a 2000s game. Hmm. Um, is this a console exclusive game, or is it? Is this game exclusive to one console? Oh, it's multi-platform. Wow. Is this of the PlayStation 2 generation? Yes. That's so GameCube, PS2, you have to get OG Xbox. Mm. Was this game made in Japan? Yes. Ooh. So GameCube, PS2, Xbox era. Multi-platform game. Multi-platform Japanese game where you can talk and see your hands. <laughs> Ape Escape. No, was, that was exclusive. That was exclusive. <laughs> don't say don't. Was this game on GameCube? Yes. Because right, that was a much smaller library than the other two, so the Venn diagram. Oh, that's true. That's pretty good. Japanese GameCube games. I'm thinking Beautiful Joe. Because Damon did hesitate. When Henshin he Agogo, baby. Because <laughs> that's why. speaking. That's it. Okay. Well, was this game made by Capcom? Yes. <gasps> you okay. Do it? So I don't think so. Did Justin give this game a ten you out of ten? Gotta remember, Capcom had the the, the games on GameCube. Yes, of, of which five. one was canceled, one remained exclusive. None and of them did. Was what about Piano Three? Did oh, you're I? Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Piano Three was GameCube exclusive. Resident Evil. I mean, sorry. <laughs> okay, so they made they made Billy Hatcher. No, that was Sega, Sega. which that was a GameCube exclusive. It was Piano Three, yeah. Beautiful Joe, yeah. and Killer Resident Seven. Evil, and yeah. Killer Seven, and then the fifth one didn't come out. Killer Seven. Went to PS. I got, I got this. Is what? this one of the Capcom Five? Yes, that's ten. Oh my god! Great. Does your character say Hinch and a Go Go Baby? Uh, I probably can't answer that one. What? Well, Can I mean, I play Beautiful Joe. It's been a, it's been a minute. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is Beautiful Joe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All there right. Go. Let, it's Beautiful Woo. Joe. Right. Yeah, you got, one. You, you know when you really beat fast. when you beat Resident Evil Remake, they go Hinch and a Go Go Baby. <laughs> can't answer. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. That line, but yeah. I gave, uh, this was way before IGN, obviously. Uh, I gave that game a 10 out of 10, and my editor, wow. my editor, like, I, it was a joke for like years. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm like, and I stood by it. Game like, rules, man. That's what I said. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, is it another beautiful Joe? I'm like, screw you, man. Yeah, that, that game's, game's awesome. Dope. <laughs> Seriously, it's not like you get Piano 3 at 10 out of 10. Yeah. That was 2003. Uh, beautiful Joe. It was, was it really a, that long ago. 2003. A GameCube. Timed exclusive. 2003. That was the first year. That m- must have been one of the very first games I ever reviewed because that was the first year I got paid to write about. That's why you got shit. It was like, you can't come out the gate with a 10 like that, man. Come on. They're probably on. work up to that. You knock a rocket. It, that game is so good. Man. Yeah. Your girlfriend's name Sylvia. 
just they glasses. Made, okay. They made a few more, and then it then it went away. They made, they made one more, didn't they? They made Beautiful Joe two, and then they made Beautiful Joe Dual Strike or DS or whatever DS. it was. Yeah. yeah, I forget the name of it, but it was the first DS game that had 3D on both screens. Man, what an underrated game franchise! Because it would use so it had. I mean, Damon, if you didn't play it, you would. I did play it. I had. I had the original. Like the, the, I haven't played it since then, since two thousand and three. What was so brilliant about it is using the speed up, the speed time up, and slow time down, both for combat and for puzzles. Yeah. Um, and sometimes doing and platforming and yeah. Yeah. So it's like you would yeah you would use it to like traverse the environment and figure out how, but then also zip back and forth between fast time and slow time. Remember what game that came out the exact games. same time as? No, I traded this game in for it after I love Beautiful Joe, and then I beat it, and I traded it in for Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. Ooh. Oh, you're all about that rewind that month. year. Yeah. yeah, the rewind was what the same good. Time. What a good year. Yeah, yeah. it's cool for GameCube especially, which was a tough system to own alone, which is the only one I had. It was the only one I had for a long time. Yeah. Well. Well, as Omega cops say. Yep. As cop, me go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The famous sign off. <laughs> For GameScoop, ASCOP, MeGo. <laughs> Send your letters to ASCOPMeGo.com or uh, CampGoose.net. Yep. That is all the scoops we have for this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, GameScoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Sam. Hey, coup, peg, MS. My name is Damon, and ASCOP, MeGo. Go. <laughs> <laughs>